Hello again, Joe here, and this is another omnibus. Uh, this time from way back at the start of Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife. It's like three years ago, three and a half years ago. Uh, the very first recording I did with the glorious Pete Lambert, where we discussed Earthshot, which is one of his absolute favourites. Uh, honestly, it was like we'd known each other for years by the end of that call. Um, absolutely glorious conversation. I will apologise about the sound quality. This is the early days of Hamster where I hadn't quite figured out how to get the sound right. Oh, didn't really care. One or the other. I didn't think anyone was going to listen. So, <laughs> I don't think I put too much effort into it. But, um, yeah, so poor Pete does sound like he's in a in a toilet recording, unfortunately. But it's still perfectly, like, legible and really enjoyable. I hope you enjoy it a lot. Uh, revisiting this one has been an absolute joy. So, yeah, all four episodes of Earthshock... Enjoy. Hamster with a blunt pen knife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. Yeah, I have got my. Yeah, I can see you laughing. I have got my mouth around that now. Oh, sorry, that's disgusting. Um, I should start again, but I'm going to keep. Haven't spoken yet. I know. I'm. Already. I'm going to. I am going to keep going. Um, I am here today with. I'm going to call you a very special guest because oh, yeah. I am because two <laughs> separate people contacted me and said you have got to get this guy on your podcast. <laughs> Your name is Pete Lambert. Why don't you say hello, Pete, and introduce yourself. Off you go. Hello, I'm Pete, and I've contacted you twice using two of my aliases because I really want to be on this podcast. Uh, no, that's not actually true. I'm not organised enough to do that. But um, is uh, yeah. So um, I'm on Twitter as Prof underscore Quite a Mess. I sometimes go on the Trap One podcast and sometimes go on Flight to Entirety. And I love Doctor Who. And uh, the story that we're on today is right at my right at the genesis of my Doctor Who fandom. This is this is me turning from a kid who likes watching Doctor Who into someone who's spending all of his pocket money on it, basically for the rest of his life. How old were you when you first watched this? Um, I was seven, seven and a half. Oh, uh, so, you know, and, and we've just had, we've got, a, it's, it's all the shows all new, it's um, uh, the, the, the cast's all young. I, and this was the series that really got me into it. Uh, I'd watched the Five Faces repeats before, so I, I knew the show was all about change, but ultimately it's about a happy family and, and, and they do a bit of bickering with their exploring universe. And there's one character in it who's quite a lot like me, and it's, it's really fun seeing him Aww. going around with his, with his stupid haircut and his terrible pajamas. And, uh, I, and bet, yeah, I bet he's going to have a happy ending, isn't he? Oh, every every at the end of every episode, he's always so happy. And at the end of this one, I know he's going to be super happy. 
he, he is because he wants to have more adventures in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he did enjoy the buffet in Black Orchid's previous story. This yeah, is this was blowing did. my mind as a seven-year-old that, that two weeks ago we had Terraleptuls causing the plague of London. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly every, next next week, and this is you know, you're getting two episodes a week. It's your Monday and Tuesday after school, uh, at, or after tea after school. And, and and suddenly everyone's uh, doing an Agatha Christie and Adric's just you know, enjoying his, the best buffet he's ever had. And uh, I'm glad about that because it might be the last buffet he's ever oh, had. Oh, bless but, um, it's, Do you know what? Is yeah, it, is, it is a season, isn't it, which kind of um, slingshots between genres, like, dramatically. Yeah. yeah. Were you even born? Tell me. Uh, on, uh, born. Uh, what was this, 80, <laughs> 81? Spring '82. Uh, so I, I was two. So yeah, I, I, I my first Doctor episode was Battlefield episode two. So I came in a bit late. So I, didn't, I wasn't even allowed <laughs> to watch were you it. For episode one. Where were you for episode one? The lowest ever ratings of the classic series. If you turned in a week earlier, it might it not. It may have survived. I know. I know. <laughs> Do you know what though? I remember seeing Battlefield two, and I don't remember seeing any of the rest of that season because that traumatized me so much. I was convinced that the girl—that's all I knew her as—had drowned. Yeah. And that was enough for my mum. So when the series ended, I knew it had come to an end because my friends were talking about it. And I was like, well, I'll start, Mm. you know, I'm a year older the next time it's coming on. Oh, wait. Yeah. It's not coming back. Yeah. Comes back every year. Yeah. 2005. That was a long bloody wait. I was like, no, sorry, 1996. (laughs) And they never never did explain what happened to her. No. (laughs) (laughs) But I did read those new adventures in between. And uh, I really wish I hadn't. But... uh, I, at least I found out what <laughs> happened to Oh, you did? Okay. Look, before we start, um, I also have to say, please, please, please do yourself a favour. Uh, send your children out of the room and go and find the Trial of Time Lord podcast episode that Pete was on um, defending, God rest his soul, <laughs> Time Lash, which I heard today yes. and laughed my head off. It is extremely X-rated. Um, so, yeah, make sure that... <laughs> There is no family around you, but uh, that's that was a lot of fun. I can, I can only assume. Uh, thank you. Yeah, the Who, Who trial is, um, is, is sadly no longer with us as a podcast. He has retired. I don't. So I think sad. I might have. Um, I might have scared him off for good because I defended Time Flash, Time Rash, and then I was determined to go on it and, uh, and defend all from Fifty Five. <gasps> that's another podcast. Greatest episode ever. That's another thing that. But that's not for now. All right, not the greatest episode ever. But, well, you, you know <laughs> but, what, Pete? Um, no one, no one's chosen a Jody yet, so we, we'll talk. Okay. <laughs> if we're still speaking in 90 minutes time put me on your list we <laughs> if will. i haven't offended you uh, you you could not do that okay well i am queued <laughs> up and ready to go into Earthshock episode one if you are let's do it yeah i'll count us in then in five four three two one let's go oh, these any, tiles anything more 80s than these tiles i know and it's so funny that they um Davison, they have to, had to come up with something because of his hair not being all curly like Tom Baker's hair was, which was the original inspiration for this title sequence. It was such, Tom Baker was like such Sits a vivid silhouette, wasn't he? That kind of curly hair. Yeah. It's just everything. It's the chrome so rising. He's too young to be Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> what would you think of Peter Davison as the Doctor? No, at the time it was just perfect. It was like, yeah, it's a new era. It's the 80s. He's so young. It's awesome. Um, and so I've never really shaken that off. Straight away, the music here is just so sinister yeah. and uh, foreboding. It's so weird. it's Malcolm Clark, isn't it? And I find yeah. his scores go from the Sea Devils to Enlightenment, which is like 
a huge difference. And it, yeah, and and just incredible that these span those different eras. Because I wouldn't. Have, I remember what you know, watching this as a kid. I thought, oh, it's not like oh, we're old in the seventies, old stuff. It's all uh, it's all new now. But actually, these people have really got the hang of this. Is this um this first those episode? Helmets, the it... helmets, the Earthshock helmets. They should be. They should. I, I want these in the new series. Why yeah. haven't we had Earthshock helmets? Yet? I swear they, they turn, turn up again. Though. Aren't they in like Frontiers again? Yeah, and uh, um, try the Time Lord. Um, in the oh, Death Rose, right. slaves are all there. Oh, yeah, of course they are, I yeah. I think there's another one. I think there's another one. I mean, they must have shown up in Blake 7 at some point. They were swapping blocks <laughs> all the time. I think it might be too late for Blake 7 with this. Yeah, actually, I think you're right. He... Now, let's have a, a proper proper big clackety machine with proper clackety keyboards. None, none of this waving your hand in the air. This is like the only, um, the only location work in the whole story, isn't it? Uh... This yeah, yeah, and it looks so good on the Blu-ray because um, I don't know if they got the original film still, but it, but it, it just it I'm, really takes you there. I'm watching the the SD version, the cranky old version, so <laughs> it still looks good. Keeping it old school. Oh, this fella, uh, what's his name? James Warwick is that his name? He plays with the mustache. Yeah, he's so marvelous. He's, because... and he's, as soon as I see him now, I think, oh, he's the brigadier. He's he's a future brigadier, isn't he? Um, I don't know if that was deliberate at the time. Maybe, maybe. I, I love his he, performance when he's down in the cave. So he he gives a like a stratospheric yeah. going down. And with that mustache, you probably with that mustache, you could probably appear in some other eighties uh, videos as well. I think I've seen. A few <laughs> was it a Frankie Goes to Hollywood video? Probably yeah. in that costume. Oh, so sorry. I was talking about completely different types of videos there. I'll be quiet. <laughs> so this woman, Professor Kyle, yeah, she's very peripheral to this story, isn't she? Yeah, she's, and you think you might think this story is going to be her her story, but um, ah, so spooky things in the dark, spooky dark, spooky robots in the caves. Oh, they are so. She dark. um, but they're all there to set this up and to make it real, aren't they? And, and like, I love all that. I mean, you can tell where it's all going down again must be hard. That's wow. like, he realizes that going down again must be hard, and he should not with that mustache. Have you ever heard that line before? I think we probably both have. <laughs> but all this, all this hardware on display, lots of soldiers. It's got Eric Sword stamped all over it, doesn't it? It really has, yeah. But but you know, again, it's not it's not alien to Doctor. Uh, if it's um, but yeah, this is this is a new era, just really finding its feet. But it's an era that jumps around, I and mean, you've watched Kinder lately, and like you're saying, you know, Black. I, this is the episode after Part yeah, Two of Black Orchid. It's preposterous that it's what, the same show. What other TV it's show fantastic. has done this? Like has jumped about in tone and style so much. Yeah, and I think for the kid, kids like me who watched the Five Faces season before, where it was the repeats, where it was like Carnival of Monsters and Lodopolis and um, the uh, and the Crotons, they were all really different styles so that sort of maybe wanders up ready for a season that was going to be just so different i'll tell you what this is doing as well it's lots of really short scenes isn't it like yeah skip back just like one or two seasons and you've got these really long talky sort of dialogue scenes whereas i think what uh, i was watching in the special features um peter grimwade the infamous peter grimwade um <laughs> saying you know that he had like maybe 150 like setups for one episode that's, yeah that's mad. yeah it's, it's just inconceivable that they decided to do this and, and uh, for, for four episodes of, of a tv series 
Oh, and they go. got away with it. And then it, then it all lands. Here's your favourite. Yay! Uh, I hope he's going to be in it for years. He's growing up, you see. Did, did you have a star <laughs> no, chart on your bedroom wall like that? Was, is this like a realistic depiction of your bedroom at the time? Oh, God. Well, fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I don't, he's got a kind of gourd thing behind him there for, that I don't quite recognise. But um, and, I, and I didn't have those... Tri- I wish I could have oh. those triangle space walls. Do you know? I only got the... Sorry, do you know where those triangles first came from? Do you know the story they first appeared in? Because they, they're a regular feature of Doctor Who. It's Pertwee. It's season really? nine. Amazing. It's the mutants. <laughs> they first appeared in the mutants on the Skybase. They are the legacy of the mutants. Yeah. That's fantastic. I knew they'd been around forever, but didn't they're on um, the adventure game as well. I watched a bit of that on Britbox the other day. What's that? What's the adventure game? Um, so that that's, that was a, a sort of game show. We're, science fiction themed game show quiz show that was done in the early 80s around the same time as this uh where people guests like maggie philbin and keith chegwin had to do it was basically like the crystal maze but really really slow and without the crystal or the maze but that was kind of okay. they had to solve puzzles it's like an escape room it was a, a, a low stakes escape room but at the end you had the thing where you get zapped by lasers um, and, and, it, and it was like, oh, we're really sorry, Keith Chegwin died this week. And you tune into Saturday Superstore just to check he was really actually, he had actually survived his visit to that planet. Oh, so maybe I was a little bit too young for that. Did you see the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that set? Okay, that set had running water going down it to kind of show that it was a cave. In the caves, yeah. And it's so dark. People go, oh, the 80s, it's so overlit. Not with Peter Grimwade's in charge. No, no, no. I saw a, um, an interview with Janet Fielding way back where she was saying that she, and this was recorded a long time ago, but as she was saying, she didn't. People asked if she had fond memories of Earthshock, and she said, "Well, not really, because it was the hardest work we ever had. We hadn't didn't have fun making Earthshock because it was just such a mad pace of shooting." Mm. Um, and I can, and that shocks me because I'm like, "But it's amazing. How could that not be the best thing ever to do?" But I guess at the time you get to, you realise what what they're meaning. Well, it's interesting because you because this, this... this is Doctor Who at two hundred percent maximum everything. Look at the stories in this season that had the director that went for like the oh let's all have fun and have a jolly time things like the visitation yeah. but there isn't really any atmosphere in that at all. I would gladly sacrifice yeah. Janet Fielding's good fun if the end result is something that's <laughs> good. Have this. Fun. You're there to entertain me. Sorry, Janet. So I love that line. So there is no to tear it on the and he really sounds like he's kind of something at the end of it. But they are expecting viewers to remember stuff that happens. A year ago, yeah. and that's fine. Soap operas do that. Other dramas do that. It's that's a normal thing for a TV series to do. Uh, it's not um, it's not padding. It's, it's it's lines through it. But and uh, you know, people say in the eighties you didn't get um, plot arcs in Doctor Who. You've got a nice little character arc here. Yeah, and I love this kind of. Um, I'm going to say dreadful, but I mean it in the most loving way. Soap opera element. <laughs> that runs through like Davison's time, all the kind of yeah, bickering yeah. in the time. Yeah, so I love it. Something different that Doctor Who just hadn't had sort of hidden from before. And for good reason. I mean, it's fine to say we're not going to bother with this, that or the other because we're telling this adventure story, but it doesn't mean that they never did it. I think the trouble is when they were doing like these 25 minute sort of action adventure episodes, you've got to get to the point pretty quickly. So you can't hang around in the TARDIS for too long and when they did start doing mm. that in like um colin baker's time in season 22 you really started to feel it yeah i think I said, it is a real shame they didn't do another i think they would learn that lesson and would have done a second series differently but they had the idea of making like a episode one 
twice as long and then telling the rest of the story in, in 45 minutes in the second half. Hey, no, no. She's good, right? She's good when she, she gets stick. I've heard people say that, that she's a bit wooden or just not. Um, Who's that? But I don't think Professor she is. Kyle. I think she's, um, sorry, Professor Kyle. Yeah. yeah. Professor Kyle's like, she's just an archaeologist. Yeah, she's not, she's not super kick-ass Laura Croft. She's someone who was down there looking at fossils and suddenly one of her mates are dead. I swear later on she picks uh, up her gun and is like, you know, I'm, I'm heading out. They stop her because yeah. she's going to be useless, but... Bless her. Oh, look at the look at the staging here. I do uh, this TARDIS. Okay, I, I I adore this '80s TARDIS, but the few times they turn the lights down, it's like a million percent more atmospheric. Oh yeah, and yeah, and, season, and when the Black Guardian turns up, yeah, and he goes orange. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Like next year, but um, I mean, do you remember the bit in uh, the, four, the four of them? They never stood still. The four of them are, in these TARDIS scenes, they're they're going around and and, and you know there's there's depth and they're just sort of circling the console. To talk to each other, it's all really. You know why, don't out. you? They're like, we've got to make this set look interesting. Just keep moving, keep moving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that door, that door control, that <laughs> massive red knob. Yeah. Now people overuse the word iconic, but that eighties TARDIS door control is a, is an absolutely <laughs> iconic. Oh, it knob. becomes an an iconic knob. Yeah, <laughs> I've been called that before, you know. Um, <laughs> the um, it becomes like a. It's less dramatic when it has its five doctors um, reboot, isn't it? The door control. Oh, because it well because it's all more snazzy and 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 actually looks really cool. Is, is this where you wanted to spend your life um, spending an evening doing a commentary talking about TARDIS door controls? <laughs> <laughs> okay. One so, of the readings is ectopic. What does that so, mean? What does that even mean? It means one of the life forms has two hearts and Whoa. the incidental music is going to sound a bit like the doctor who theme for a moment look at the lighting there with the tardis in the back that is and that dinosaur yeah yeah and it, this is a corner of a small studio and they just put they've put so much thought into the there's little pools of light on on tegan and mrs faces and the doc where the doctor's got his hat on and is in shadow and I've, that's it it was only on screen for five seconds i've they, used they, i've used tegan's line here which is like breathe deeply and relax so many times to work. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> People look at me like I'm me very straight. But there was a, I remember there was like a Christmas ident of uh, the Dr. Adric, uh, Tegan and Nissa going, Merry Christmas in that yes. set. And every time I see it, I think, oh, yeah, it was there, wasn't it? Yeah. Davison puts his arm out in front of Adric so he, like you can't see him. Mm. I, I, I yeah. swear they were bullying that kid on set, you know? Yep. Now they've, all the work that they've been doing so far, establishing the real tension of these of these troopers and Professor Kyle, means that we're totally on board with with. We understand that they are going to think the Doctor and his friends are guilty. That's such a Doctor Who trope. Mm. But if they just turn up and it just happens, it's not so exciting. But we know these people, and we understand why they're going to think that these people, that the, the Tardis crew are, are, are the culprits. It's not just a, oh here I've been captured again. They've yeah. taken. They haven't just assumed it. They take the, the story takes the time to really build it at first. And it's not subtle, but um, having the dinosaur bones and giving the explanation as to how the dinosaurs went yeah. extinct. I know that's like an eighties thing, bringing up something in episode one, like hexachromite gas that becomes yeah. comes absolutely vital in episode four. Yeah, it's and, it and at this point, you don't. Of course, you don't know that. This is you, we we have no idea at this point that, that this that that's going to have any re relevance later, because Doctor Who's one thing that never happens in Doctor Who around this time, recently anyway, 
Uh, it, oh, no, I'm immediately thinking of loads of examples. But time travel, you don't get time travel in Doctor Who stories often. You do get it every couple of years, but... Go back five years and that's all we had. Yeah. So the things get really going down. grisly Sorry. in a minute. You sent me... Uh... Take a drink, she just said she's going down. Oh, every time, right, okay. Well, I have one here. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you not been... Okay. Mm. You sent me a GIF, a GIF or GIF? I keep asking everybody this. GIF. 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 The guy GIF. who invented it wanted it to be GIF, but he's wrong. He's too late. He's out of the traps. It's GIF. Okay. Well, I'm going to say this. Because he's trying to start with the word GIF. Uh, start with a GIF. Given that you so are a mastery of GIFs on Twitter, honestly, it's so <laughs> funny. I'm going to say, say well, take I... you as the authority on this. But you sent me a GIF of something very similar to a gruesome effect in this episode earlier today. <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> i'll retweet that it's amazing the guy who did it is brilliant look at the lights and then you see someone fall over and you can't tell which one it is and then she comes into the light and you see that it's the professor i mean it's doctor who of course it is the woman isn't it yeah. <laughs> but she has a sprained her ankle and, and, yeah Yet. and there are female troopers too there so is, again there is. that you wouldn't have got that I, I, I don't know if i noticed as a seven-year-old and there's there's a bit later on as well with, uh, with soldiers on the ship. Oh, he's always meant to pop back and find out. Oh, I wonder. <laughs> oh, poor Snyder. Oh, Snyder. Snyder's Snyder. now wounded Snyder. party. It's the fact that it's kind of green gunk with like blood in it as well. It's, just, <laughs> it's really grim. Hashtag release the Snyder cut. There should be a, an extended version of this, just so that we can use that hashtag. hashtag. Right, at this point, Having become a Doctor Who fan the year before, yeah. and bought my first Target novel, which was Carnival of Monsters, because I'd just seen it on mm. TV, and then I bought Excellent The Cybermen, choice. and then I got all the Cybermen ones. It was obvious the Cybermen were the best things ever. <laughs> and at this point, I'm just sitting there thinking nothing about Cybermen at all, because the one thing you know about Cybermen is they haven't been in it since the 1970s, which was yeah. a million years ago, and it's such a shame that they're never coming back. But these underground robots look cool. So you would have had no clue this first cliffhanger would have no. blown your mind. Yeah, no clue. And, and, you know, I think I might even have been reven reading Revenge of the Cybermen around that week because I was powering through them all. It's so annoying because I, obviously I came to Classic Who with all of this knowledge. So I knew what monsters were in it. The programme guide was out at that point, so yeah. I just knew everything. Snyder! Sorry. The, the lights mm -hmm. going out. So that's, that's uh, like an alien influence, isn't it? The, the the scanner with the lights going out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Look well, I, I don't know, this. actually, because that's more in... That's in Alien. Oh, no, it is in Alien, isn't it? Yeah. But it's in Aliens, the sequel, more. How do you turn a human being to, like, a puddle in two minutes? dancing robots just stood over a pile of green goo. It's terrifying. They're such a, like, a, like a simple design, but so effective. Yeah. The androids. You can see why they went back for the Rastamori robot. Yeah, well, maybe and there's a theory in David Banks' Cybermen book. He postulates that the Cybermen in the Death Zone on Gallifrey saw the Raston Warrior robot sent, and sent uh, plans of it back and copied it, and that's what they built those robots on, based those robots on later. Well, let's be honest, though, there are some pretty wild theories in that book. <laughs> I mean, he tries to tie together the entirety of the Cybermen plotline, doesn't he? It's, um... He does, yeah, yeah, uh, which at that point was up to attack. I think attack had just come out. I mean, I think he updated it for Silver Nemesis as well. Not as mad. It was a really complicated family tree with loads of dotted lines. What's his name? Lance Parkin, who tried to plot out the entire history of Doctor Who in the universe. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Volume 78 out soon. 
This guy playing Walters, the guy with the scanner up on the mm -hmm. surface, yeah. he's so good because it hinges on him. If he was just unconvincing or or doing over, nobody is is overacting in this. And it's fun. I, I love it when a dog do actor goes over the top of it, and we have a bit of fun with it. But um, you kind of need it in this, though, don't you, to maintain the atmosphere, the tension. Like if you were taken yeah, out by like a pantomime this, performance. Yeah. This week we're doing it dead serious, yeah. and and next week we'll be having a right old laugh and doing a panto with Anthony Angley in it as Alibaba. But oh. this week we're going, we're really going for the Carl serious. Lead. Bit. Don't make me think about Carlid. Alon Shalom. <laughs> he's actually he's also super handsome as well. I should point that out. Anthony Ailey? No, the the, the fellow oh, right up, up above on the scanner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know your if you type. Like, if you like the satanic type, Anthony Ailey, very handsome. <laughs> He's a real character. Listen to his autobiography if you get a chance. No, sorry, it's not autobiography. A biography of him on Audible. It's really funny. The woman who wrote it had to scrape around because he was so private, but she gets some amazing anecdotes oh, about him. Oh, I'd love to read I'm Very fond of using the C word and often got banned from playing cricket because of it. Do you know this kind of bashing a keyboard acting and looking like you're doing something? That is a real yeah. skill, you know. I, I bet he workshops that. And, <laughs> he, and, and he's only on location. Yeah. He never gets even to go in the studio. I think Peter Davison said, didn't he? That uh, he said to John Nathan Turner, "Can you just set every Doctor Who story in caves because they're so effective?" Like, let's stop going to space stations. Let's do yeah. it in caves. But, but they, it's a real, um, and again, it, full credit to Grimway for the, making these caves look so good. I mean, you're right, you can see a line sometimes, <laughs> closely, but they weren't made for that. Oh, this yeah, sequence here. So it's, the, the, the troopers come in towards the camera. The camera goes through smoke. The yeah. remains and of the they troopers. tread in the slime. Oh, gosh almighty. That is grim. And then don't the don't the androids come up behind them or in front of them? Or do they mistake them for the uh, for, for Davidson? I can't remember that all happens. No, I, I think there we go. Here they but come. But this is yeah. But we're still five minutes from the end, or, or three or four minutes from the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Like this is exactly the sort of thing the new series can't do anymore, is it? An episode one like this with lots of suspense no. and tension. Yeah, and and the character. And sorry, the subtitle <laughs> agonized scream. Just did you get that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm, By I'm my really... Sergeant Mitchell. I just heard jangling. It's, there was jangling on the on the. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting choice of words. But yeah, like they, all this would be done in like a five minute pre credits, wouldn't it, in the new series? And it would lose so yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, at this point, we just, we don't know which of these characters this story is really going to be about and it's it's and is it oh is this a story about life in on earth in the 25th 26th century yeah so far it seems to be and even like come episode three isn't it when it changes location completely you still don't really know what this story is about yeah it's actually about adric and he's the one that's not part of the action at the moment yeah, yeah, and 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 this is, and again, it's sort of the kind of thing that people always say. Oh, they always wasted characters, and somebody wasn't doing something one week. But like, that's just that's fine. You watch an episode of Dallas, and one week Bobby oh, hasn't got geez. much to do. Look at the JR episode. You watch. Look at Star, Star Trek. Trek yeah. It... Yeah, exactly. That's oh, I love that line. Too many people have fooled for you. To... 
<laughs> too many people are dead for you to play the fool. That's it. Thank what you. What did you say? Too many people. Too many people are fooled. Uh, now nah, look, my misquoting is infamous. You're having a Billy fuss. Yeah. <laughs> what, dear boy? Okay, so we're heading up to a punch the air yeah. cliffhanger. And yeah, it's so unusual, isn't it? Because I think stopped. before this, you always would have had the Sidemen in the title in some way or another. Yes. Or the Daleks in the title, if they yes. were going to appear. So. Oh, and Adric's getting to do some acting in the TARDIS on his own, some talking music. There's this thing going, what's it coming from? What's that noise? It's and... marvellous, isn't it? Like, he can't even walk across the set convincingly sometimes, can he? But like, <laughs> how can you not walk <laughs> convincingly? So People are so cruel. That is, that is I like... probably couldn't walk across the room convincingly oh, okay. when I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like, were you behind Adric then? Seven years old? Was, was he somebody that you, know, you were rooting for? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, when we played Doctor in the playground at school, I wanted to be Adric. I was like, because oh, I wanted to be a mathematical genius. Hey, I love Which you I'm... right now. I just think that's <laughs> wonderful. Oh. I was going to say, can we play Adric in this up? But well, maybe we'll do that off camera. <laughs> and I love the fact and that so they got the, the bomb and then the robots burst in. And, and again, you're just looking at your expect. And there's such a good little jump moment because you're expecting some the bomb to do something and suddenly yeah. the, the robots are there. And did you see that car like straight to the remains and then swooping across to the action? Like he's trying to make this so gun. dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, and really good um, gun sounds. Androids? Oh, who could these androids be? Are you watching with the new effects or the original? No, original. No. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. So you've got the you've got the candy cane stripes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> they are marvellous. But I'm not. I don't, I don't object to new effects being done, and I watch them once and think that's quite creative, and then I never watch them again. Well, I've had a conversation um, about this recently. Um, you know, I think I think um, the overall opinion is. Whoa! I'm going to shut up. It's all gone red. Why is it all gone red? But um, whoa! Destroy them! Destroy them! At once! At once! That's because that's what Cybermen. Yes. Yeah. Cybermen say at once. Say would say or Sandwich? Okay. Really, I still don't know. He's really done his homework, and he's he and he said he just he was he knew he was writing Cybermen's greatest hits here. He wanted to do it. He wanted to take all the ingredients of classic Cybermen stories and put them all into one. Mm. And because um, really, the Visitation was his his personal story that he'd spent ages doing and then he was asked to do another one so he's like okay I'll, I'll do a Spider-Man story exactly as they always were wow. done but I mean you would think it would be the, the opposite no one has a good word to say about him these days who so, thought no, well I, I, would, I would have thought that I mean I know that that's true but I would have thought this was the one he put all of his time and effort into and the visitation yeah. that he like jotted out over a weekend because he'd done the, the visitation he'd done as a um, as a radio play a few years before that uh, with um just about richard mace uh and, and without terrellectors so actually basically it was just a play about richard mace but nevertheless it was that he had that that setting all up and then just and then did a doctor who meets richard mace story well that's two but, um, massive so... subjects to talk about in episode two eric's award and the design of the cybermen can't wait
Welcome back to uh, Hampton with a Blunt Pen Knife. I am still here after a delightful first episode of Earthshock with my good friend Pete. Say hello, Pete. Hello. It's fantastic to still be here with you. And amazingly, unlike in 1982, we haven't got away an, a, a horrible 23 and a half hours oh. to see episode two. Can you imagine that happened? And then you've no. got to wait till Tuesday after school to find out that you're definitely right that it was a Cyberman because I think I was screaming so loud during the opening, during the closing credits. It's a Cyberman! I didn't actually read it, and so then I had to <laughs> out afterwards. Was it? Had, Did was I imagine it? Was it all in my imagination? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone at school was going, "No, it's just a robot thing. You don't get Cyberman anymore." I'm like, "That was a Cyberman." Oh, my God. Can you imagine? No, well, you can prepared, imagine. That prepared me for Twitter, basically, because that's pretty much exactly what debate is like. Oh, on Twitter. do you know? I have to steer clear of Twitter because I I'm always working when the episodes go out now, so I I just can't go anywhere near it. And frankly, after most episodes, it's so appalling anyway that I just stick to it. But like. What on earth was it like? Okay, just give me a, a brief insight into having just 23 and a half minutes of Doctor Who a week. <laughs> well, you got it was twice a week in these days. Oh, so that was that was, yeah, yeah. That was pretty thrilling. Um, and and I, I used to think exactly that. What was it like for people in the old days when it was only on on Saturdays and you had to wait a whole week to see the next episode? And, um, then, and then that happened, didn't and, it? Eventually, yeah. And like, and like the Monday, the Monday episode was over in a flash because because it was always it was the part two episode was the one that kept you waiting nearly a week uh, till till part three. So it, it just gave it so much pace. Uh, was it the tempo of it was Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. Is that right? Yeah, this year it was. It, it swapped around in, in subsequent years a bit. But yeah, it was Mondays and Tuesdays this year. I think because oh, I... they were experimenting. Angels, which was like a pre-casualty type. Hospital Soap was doing the same thing, uh, and they were testing out testing the waters for uh, EastEnders when that launched in a couple of years. They were already yeah, yeah. experimenting with twice weekly dramas, basically. So um, I, can, I can almost test willing to bet that that Tuesday at school you were unbearable. Then you only had to wait a day. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, but I know. I mean, I had my little my little geeky friends. There was like three or four of us who just just played Doctor Who at lunchtime and stuff. And yeah, I, I was Adric. Yeah, the uh, only thing I can see uh, now when I, I look at you. Tell this is going to be his best story ever. Oh, no. <laughs> All I can see when I look at you now is a seven-year-old Pete, like dressed as Adric, <laughs> going, "Why is he here? Yeah. Why is he oh, never around when we want him?" Or something. I didn't have the beard. Oh, Sorry, no. I didn't have no, the beard. No, I was, I was doing a terrible line of Adric from the visitation, and no one wants to hear that. Um, I'm <laughs> queued up and ready to go. If you are, let's do it. Part two. Gosh, it's all happening in this one. Are we having a countdown? Yep. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Thank you. The subtitles say Doctor Who theme. <laughs> so I have um the radio sorry just to say the radio times this just come up, i've got the uh, production subtitles on and it just says the radio times billing for this episode was what's behind the hatch really? which is uh, the most amazing underselling of a doctor episode ever but they couldn't do it they could not say <laughs> the what's it, made fucking back. wasn't there like extreme it? secrecy behind this like they they closed down the gallery mm. that fans could go and mm. watch the recording but really there was no way to find out you know if you're a seven-year-old there is no way that a rumour could reach you. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not like today. Everything's spoiled today, isn't it? But 
Yeah, although I think so, I mean, so much of modern movie is about Russell T. Davis, Moffat, and Chibnall trying to recreate that precise moment because it had the same, even if, if they're not all fans of 82. Do you know who but, I think um, does it best? I think Chibnall does it best. I think he hid the Spyfall Master and he hid the Joe Martin Doctor like expertly oh. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and through tricks and through making the Captain Jack reveal the big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, that that giving that loads of publicity was um, a really smart move to distract people. And Earthshock was also the first story I properly watched twice because it was repeated the following year um, without this cliffhanger because it was shown in two forty-five minute episodes. I think. Were you like a, uh, a VHS and... family at this time? Could you record, or was you, was it you like, no, one watch no, and you video were done? For me, uh, we got video quite early actually. Um, well, I was one of the first people I knew to get a video, but even then, that was like season twenty-one or the repeats after it. First, first thing I ever taped was the Awakening, and then a few weeks later, I only had one videotape, and a few weeks later, Star Wars had its TV premiere, and I had to, I had this oh, one sad rewatch of the Awakening before I taped oh, no. something else on the tape too. Like, and, and I, I watched the Awakening three times in one day because the next day I was going to have to tape over it with Star Wars. How did that work, though? Did test. you have to just keep recording over each time? <laughs> but I, it was. But then once I could afford to buy more video tapes, oh, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Season twenty-two onwards. There was some slow mo there. I just have to say, every time Doctor Who does slow mo, I'm in love. <laughs> Sparkles, well. exploding robot slow mo is probably one of the very best forms of slow mo. So I need to talk to you about this design of Cybermen because I have recently watched Revenge of the Cybermen for one of these commentaries, and I had a lot to say about the padded suits uh camp cyber leader with his glittery <laughs> helmet yeah this he does the thing of sorry go on. it's him who introduces the idea of the cyber leader being being a villain rather than just them being completely robotic like they are in the in the trouton years um and there's no need adric with the doorknob action he's got the hang of that now you see just as he's moving um, <laughs> but these these kind of militaristic streamlined cybermen i think they look fantastic yeah, they're so 80s. And there was a, there's a picture I will share it with you that was in a Doctor Who magazine at some point of the guy who did the plastic mouldings and he's holding this Cyberman head oh, and he's wearing, yeah. These, yeah. he's wearing these denim shorts that barely cover his... his, his it was seat. not the helmet you were obsessed <laughs> with in that picture. that was quite formative to an early teenage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realised the point where I was no longer looking at the Cyberman, I was looking at the shorts. <laughs> and interestingly, you asked me... Uh, in our first sort of back and forth conversation, mm. what's the most frivolous purchase I've ever bought? And just before Christmas, oh, yeah. I spent money I did not have um, on a 80s Cyberman figure, which is gorgeous. <laughs> in like, in like, I, would, my... I, I, I thought you were going to say some really short denim shorts, but you're disappointed. If you oh, so well, I have some of those too, <laughs> but you know, that, that's for another time. The rifles are almost finished, so are we. <laughs> now that's that's such a sour line and and i love it well you sour were talking you were talking about eric's award and how people don't really yeah. have a good word to say and i think that's true i think his name's been kind of muddied a lot in yeah. in recent years and he left under very a lot of bitterness obviously um Which and that's colored it colors and, and it, his yeah. comments about his colleagues were really hard to um to take and you shouldn't that's really unprofessional but at the same time, he was obviously having a, a breakdown. I mean, if you've ever had a, if you've had a, ever been in charge of a project and your boss's boss's boss decides that your project is terrible but won't tell you why and, and yet doesn't sack you, 
I can't even imagine that. And, uh, and yeah. that, that was easily. Then they, they brought it back, didn't they? They brought really it back. Place. And they didn't even give them any pointers to say, right, we want you to change things. It's just like, no, just start making it again. Yeah. But you said it yeah. was terrible. Uh, no, like... it's, too, it's too silly and it's too violent. That was basically what they were told about Doctor Hey, Adric with the block of polystyrene onto the distract the robots. But I would say, in Eric Saw's defence, I think he wrote some of the most dynamic classic Doctor Who. Certainly, some of the most exciting, like in terms yeah. of in terms of he, action. And you know, he, he went over the like, and then stuff like I mean, Resurrection is an, is, is obviously an attempt to do an Earthshot with the Daleks, and yeah. he gets a, it sort of tries to cram a six parter into into. Uh, into four episodes and it doesn't all add up. There's well, a lot going on there, isn't there? A lot of plots. Yeah. I did a commentary on Resurrection and... Uh... <laughs> sorry, I love it, sorry, but the sidemen say, we must act quickly. <laughs> I always love it when they say they must act. It's like, yeah, that was the director was saying that to you. That wasn't the script. You think they learn from that line as well, but I seem to remember like King Peladon saying that as well at one point. We must I act. I know, yeah. Probably doing it deliberately, yeah. All of the I love how individual the four characters are. Like Nissa's looking at the android and going, saying how primitive it is, um, but not in a disdainful way, just because from her point of view it is. And then Tegan being the actual ordinary person mm. among them all. And this is like a, a a really nice. It's basic threat. It's a bomb, but I think it, yeah. they they play it for real. They play this like like a procedural drama. You know, would play diffusing a bomb. Absolutely, and and we don't know what are the sudden men behind that hatch. We don't know at this point. It's so hard to remind yourself to to park the stuff that you already know about this story because you, you're breaking it. You're, bre you're you're spoiling the story, literally spoiling it by watching it from the point of view of someone who already knows that these guys, these side men, are not down there. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, what was the what the was camera the... and cameraman breaking? So. Um, the cameraman, the uh, cyber leader breaking the fourth wall, turning to the camera to say, explode the bomb, when he's actually he's supposed to be giving the order, order to his um, bitch lieutenant. I tend to call him the bitch lieutenant. I always love the lieutenant. He's, he's the cyber leader's bitch, that's his job. And it just gets worse every time they come back. The, the, the lieutenant's always whipped, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. They are a bit like Captain Mannering and... Um, <laughs> Sergeant was his name from Dad's Army. The trouble is, when you hit him, um, attack yeah. of the Cybermen. Are, are you quite sure that's wise, Cyber Leader? <laughs> in, um, in Attack of the Cybermen, they, they suddenly start like behaving like robots, don't they? And doing these like jerky actions and talking like that. It's very odd. Oh, God. It is. Cause, and that's because, yeah, because they gave, we got Michael Kilgariff back to be the Cyber Controller. 20 year, odd years or the, teams of years after he'd originally done it. A few pies and, in those uh, he didn't get a years. They never gave him a memo, but they'd slightly changed it since then. This is nice, though, to see um, Davison and Adric working together, given what comes. You know, they, they work together really well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, um, and, and they flip it. And, and this is a good st a story where that, that gets flipped around. You know, through, at the, in episode one, it's Davison and, and, and the two two women and in the second episode he, he, he pairs up with, uh, with Adric and that's not failing that's 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 making use of having four central characters and it's really unusual for any series to have as few as four central yeah. characters yeah, yeah, yeah. people talk about it in Doctor Who terms as being some aberration and oh terrible decision but there aren't many series that only have four central characters or 
or don't even have that many. I think the trouble is, isn't it? In most um, stories, there's like a formula, there's one location, and it's a yeah. running storyline, yeah. so you you can afford to like dip in and out. Whereas in Doctor Who, yeah. it's a single story where you have to try and give everyone a slice of the pie. Yeah, and if the, and the thing is, if if a writer isn't up to it, and if a writer's writing not all that well, and he's got four characters. It'll be the fact that the thought that will be really obvious with the four characters dynamic. What would you say but is like the worst that example? Means that of script that. wasn't that writer wasn't up to it anyway, and they probably would have written the shonky script with only two characters. What would you say is the worst the out. worst example of like writing out one of the characters? I think maybe like Tegan and Turlow in Terminus. That's pretty bad, where they're just shoved under the grating. They're just episodes. in a tube. Yes, yes, that does. Yeah, they're not given anything to do, and it's. But at the same time, they are the conversation. They have a good conversation. But they're not doing anything while they have it. They're just sat there, uh, oh, hiding. Oh, I can't quite remember. But yeah. Um, but I've got no problem with you know Mister having a having a nap during Kinder. You know, like, well, it just it gave Tegan a chance to yeah to take the limelight and actually you know well, have some beefy material for once. And of course, now we used to have in Doctor Light episodes um, and Companion Light episodes. You know, like you get two of the best. Probably, well, yeah, I'd say the, the two best episodes of the Ross and T. Davis era, in my opinion, are uh, Midnight and Turn Left. Yeah. And and that, that's, they're, they're both episodes with one of the characters written out. Oh, back to back. They're almost written out. Yeah. yeah. I'm so, oh, sorry, Adrian looked like such a little cherub there. Oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> so we're now we're diffusing the bomb now, and the doctor's very carefully opening the little hatches. Oh, and he got a shock off it. I get that. I get static electric shocks a lot, and I do that exactly like him. <laughs> you talk about static so shots. Got... Uh, once upon a time, I actually um, there was a bag that fell off a plug, and I pushed it into the wall, and had the shock of my <sighs> life when I flew across the room on camera. Oh my god! That was played back in could slow motion. Into a gift. <laughs> oh, I probably could. You know, I've got the footage. Now, hooray! The Doctor hasn't got a fucking magic spork screwdriver to just wave at it. He's got to get his toolkit well, because hooray! The Terraleptors blew it up. I was going to say, what happened and, to um, that? It, it... <laughs> It turned I to hate tips, magic didn't spork. it? <laughs> but no, he's got his toolkit, and Andrew's got to go and get the right tool. And no, that's the wrong tool, and it all just adds to it. It's a great little tug of war between the Cybermen and them as well, isn't it? Like the way yeah, shoot and the Cybermen around their six-sided console. Yeah. And we still don't quite know why, do we? We don't know why this bomb is there. What they're trying to do? No, and it's not even been asked yet. Yeah, because because. I mean, for all we know, these troopers could be evil Nazis and the bomb could have been planted by freedom fighters. I love these, these emotionless Cybermen. We have been yeah. betrayed. Yes, but they must be destroyed at once, <laughs> not later. Let me be clear about this. At once. He has, in the episode four, he has such fruity dialogue. Like, Eric Ward was not interested <laughs> in writing an emotionless Cyberman at all. No, no. But logic... Use doesn't mean not have. I'm going to go there. Have been completely about logic doesn't mean not having a personality and not having wants and needs, sort of. This is the case that David Banks makes in that book, um, the Cybermen book. I mean, I could make a case. It's more interesting to watch as well. <laughs> completely, because otherwise, I mean, in the invasion, you've got Tobias Vaughn, who is who, yeah, who can, yeah, yeah, totally kind. Of, that, that one of the best villain performances in anything in Doctor Who. Better than any Can Bond you even remember I, the Cybermen um, in like, Wheel in Space? Can you remember them? I can't. No, no, I can't. No. 
I mean, I can remember the ones in Revenge of the Cybermen because he was strutting around like a panto villain, you know. Saying, yes, <laughs> yeah, doctor. Yeah, turned, turned you down a bit. For this. You will be fragmatized. <laughs> and, yeah, and with an American accent as well, which is yes. just unseemly. We don't have American aliens on Doctor Who, for <laughs> sake. How dare you go continental? I know. Doctor Who, it was far too woke in the classic series, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, here we go. Sidemen have got their um, internet fired up. They're going onto YouTube. No, it's not YouTube, is it? It's Daily Motion. They're getting those videos are hacked. Yeah, they were. Well, I mean, the quality is terrible. But again, for a <laughs> fan, this must have been really exciting to see the old doctors. Yeah, yeah. Um, and knowing them as well. Thinking, oh, yeah, now this is the second doctor. And thinking, I think I. I wonder if, no, at this point, I might not have been certain that there hadn't been a third Doctor story with the Cybermen in it properly, where they don't have, where the third Doctor doesn't feature. I, I possibly sat there going, oh, they missed the third Doctor, that's a mistake. And it's only like complete, forgive me, cunts that would sit here afterwards and watch this and go, <laughs> um, oh, well, he was talking about Tomb of the Cybermen and that was a wheel in space clip. Get over yourself, uh, right? Yeah, it all got uploaded into the time thingy. The time YouTube? No. What should mm, we call like it? That. Oh, look, it's going to have a lovely think. moment now, Adric and the Doctor. Adric's hungry, you see? He had that lovely buffet in the 1920s mm. with the, that lovely posh family who murdered their son and they, they didn't mind because it was a nice party. his bloody face, <laughs> wouldn't he? He never stopped eating. No, no. Again, this is still worth to my own heart. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's just not the math. Oh, I see. They've made it's so nice that they're burying the hatchet here, and the Doctor and Adric are agreeing that actually they do want to travel together. I just uh, think their adventures uh, are going to go on. Been sorted out. Their adventures are going to go on forever and ever. <laughs> I can't wait to see those. The CVE, the gateway through e-space, which is <laughs> again that's a hilarious line <laughs> in many ways. Well, but it is a reference to something a year ago. <laughs> Doctor has this amazing ability, doesn't it, to have two characters standing there um, speaking exposition to each other. Things that they would already know, but they're saying it for the benefit of the audience. <laughs> yes, Shakespeare does this, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if I can make a direct link between Eric Sword and Shakespeare, but go ahead. Um, I'll get back to now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the silos behind the Cybermen, are they the ones with like the Cybermen in them? Yeah, we don't. We do not know that until later. But yeah, at the moment, it just where are we? Just, are they oh, on Telos? My night is about to be made. Did you see? Sorry, go on. Did you? Yeah, no. Did you? Oh, sorry, Mister Ringworm. Mister. Now this. Mr. <laughs> this is where. <laughs> this is where he's so acidic. One yeah. of the, one of the books uh, is it the About Time ones? Those amazing ones by Tat Wood and Co., which are the best mm. Doctor reference books I think because they're so funny and insightful and opinionated but not in a but they know the difference between an opinion and a fact i think it's one of them that points out the relationship that he has with beryl reed is is just an amazing sort of gay some archetype situation of a of, of, a, of an older matriarch lesbian who is so annoyed by this pissy uptight little queen who's working with her and if you if you read it that way it just it just it's yeah, marvelous. i love it all the more because I mean, we haven't mentioned yet Reed. Captain is on board. Oh, Who's this going to be? Well, it's going to be a man with a moustache and grey hair. This is Doctor Who, so captains of 
bases under siege. We don't know this is a base under siege yet, but it is. I'm with JNT, okay? And I'm with Stephen Moffat on this one. Rarely. But I am with him on this one. <laughs> if you can cast somebody that's going to get people watching, mm. do it. And do you know what? She's marvellous. <laughs> she totally is. She's a, she's playing, she knows she's playing the captain of a ship like a tanker. She's an oil tanker captain. Yeah. And people, the thing that infuriates me is when people say about this, oh, she didn't understand what was happening. She didn't know what an antimatter containment field is. Peter Davison, the actor, doesn't know what an antimatter containment field yeah. is. That's fine. Just They're say it with conviction. The Did you ever see the behind-the-scenes footage of her having like a complete yeah, diva? Hissy thing. On the Blu-ray. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. I've been Don't waiting here all day. On the bridge. <laughs> I, I always feel like like she's had like two or three cocktails before she's on any scene. Because she just, <laughs> later on, she's like, position the men on the walkway, Mr. Ringway. <laughs> she's bomb. Yeah, and, she, and she's so experienced. But one thing she's not done before is this kind of rapid fire doing, filming an action movie. And, well, none of them have done it before. Film an action movie. In a, in a few weeks, in a small studio, BBC TV centre. Bonkers, and isn't she's, it? She's, she won. She won a BAFTA this year, the year of this, for Did her she? role in Smiley's People. Oh, was it the other one? One of the Smiley. I think it was Smiley's People. As his um, uh, his, his, his former colleague who's become an alcoholic and is utterly wallowing in despair, and she gives this tearful performance, and it's amazing. This woman is famous as a comedian, but she knows how to act. And she she got the BAFTA this, for the wrong role. She should have got it for this one. Yeah, absolutely. She should have got it for this. That's the only injustice. Pity. I've just what I've just written a particularly um, nasty epitaph for her. She's just <laughs> She hates him and he hates her. It's brilliant. You've been getting to bore me. And you hear like on on the DVD on the, DVD, that in on the um, special features on dates back in the day. Oh, I'm sorry. This sounded <laughs> juicy. Go on. What was you beginning to bore me? Oh, I've that's all. Plenty of like that. Loud I'm much too nice. Oh, I would. <laughs> Lovely. Is that a matte painting shot where they look down into the hole of the ship and it just recedes off into it the distance? That's as good as the shot in um, in Indiana Jones of the of the case being put away in the in the hangar. It's just totally believable. There's nothing fake about that. Oh, I like I like this character as well. Um, who plays? Is it June Berger. Bland? Berger. Yeah, Berger. She turns up again in June Bland Bland Battlefield, Battlefield, doesn't she? Course, yeah, as as the blind uh, blind woman. And this is what we're doing now. It's interesting. This is another episode one. We've had one really good episode one, yeah. really tense. What's happening? Where are we? Who are these people? Which one's the goodie? Which is the baddie? Suddenly, we're having another one. Do you know what that uh, means? It's almost like. So we'd look to the, you know, when they do six-parters, sometimes they do a four-parter and then write a two-part epilogue or prologue, uh -huh. like Seeds of Death. You've got two episodes in the uh, in the North Pole and then oh. four episodes back in England. Uh, do, it's do. kind of, do, oh, I did, I did the thing. I did, at least, no, at least it's not being recorded. I did the thing. Yeah, uh, that and Seeds of And uh, that has, the, and this is a bit like that, but it's a one-parter followed by a three-parter. Well, I, I would almost say because you've got two one-parters, uh, sorry, two episode ones, you're almost like skipping episode mm. three, that boring exposition episode, and you, you're, <laughs> you're going straight into two episode fours. So. There are some good episode threes out there. There yeah, are. They're the, fact, they're the episode that is easiest to get wrong. Um, I, I was watching Horror Fang Rock the other day, and Horror, Horror Fang Rock has a fantastic episode three. 
Sit your death does as well. That's the kind of thing that lifts because it's all more and more and more death and more scariness. I saw uh, City of Death earlier, and the episode three in mm. that the the exposition was so cleverly delivered um, mm. with the, like those scenes of the overlapping scaroffs and things like that. It was really creatively done. Of course, yeah. But sometimes it can just be people standing in a room, you know, explaining the plot to this point. <laughs> yeah, capturing and getting escaped again. Did you see how many silos there were there? Capturing like, and getting escaped again? Escaping and getting captured again. That's yeah. incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> having temporal problems due to this being my third glass of wine. <laughs> I'm still on my first. Man, I need to catch up. <laughs> you do. I actually think Davidson looks, so, looks so great keeping, in the hat. Creeping around the hold. So. Yeah, I, oh, sorry. I just got that, that, that silhouette of Davidson there. I think he looks great. It really works, yeah. It's like now we look at it and again the fashionable thing to say now is oh they made them too cartoony with each one having their own look but all right it was sort of cartoony the only thing, the only thing i can kind of object to is them having the same like, clothes every week like you know i can wear clothes <laughs> yes. every couple of days Those, andrew's pajamas must mm. be honking stinky. <laughs> oh and there's the rarest of things in a minute like two almighty masculine screams oh um. <laughs> I've heard a few in my time. Yeah, I bet you have. Is, I hadn't thought of it like that. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Meanwhile, back on the bridge. Oh, dear. <laughs> Wish you stopped drinking. Oh. <laughs> um, again, and, and it's always nice when characters in Doctor Who are being watched on TV by someone, and here they've been, Burger's watching the Berger is watching them on TV, just like we are. There's, um, there's those screams. Now, there's one thing I will say about an Eric's Award script that is troubling, and that is the dialogue. Well, sometimes, sometimes it, but well, I've got Pete, no complaints about this. I've on this ship, it. we execute murderers. <laughs> well, yeah, I want them caught. Paxson, <laughs> this is this is the bed. This this uh, shot, Paxson, is the bedline of the bedrock of the uh, Ben Jackson clan. Oh, which, do you know uh, what? I sometimes deploy to people. That was Conrad's idea. But, um, I, and then realised by me, he was um, he was Ron Grainer, I was Delia Derbyshire. The, the worst thing oh, about that Ben Jackson Claxon thing is I could name everyone Ooh. from every story, and I'm like, I've wasted my life. <laughs> no, you have passed the test. <laughs> <gasps> what do they do to murderers on this ship? <laughs> they, I think they execute. Oh no, them. they execute them. Um, do you know what I love the fact as well? There was a whopping close-up of their bodies there, like. This this yeah. is pulling its punctures, you know. It's not holding back. It's going for it. Oh my! This is such a marvelous story. It is, and and you know, Doctor Who is a patchwork. That's the whole point. That's why it's lasted this long. It has different chops and changes, completely different style in a couple of years and in a couple of years either direction. Um, but um, this is the best one, in my opinion. What, is, this, moment, is this your favorite Doctor Who story the, of um, all the, time? The Douglas Adamsy witty jolly adventure style of doctor seems to be the more popular one yeah uh, but it just it comes and goes it's like flared trousers can you think of anything more patchwork than the 80s though like they were peaks and troughs in the 80s <laughs> of the doctor who specifically yeah or just generally no no just just the stories oh. yeah just the stories <laughs> yeah. and you and you can go from a peak to a trough within a story like Androzani's a twin yeah. dilemma two roles are the same the same and that that's because of the freedom and and the um yeah, and the pressures. You can roll the same dice twice and you get Case Runners only one week and Twin Dilemma the next. Although I'm sure there is somebody out there who will make the case for the Twin Dilemma. 
and not for the case of Anjani. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can. That's fine. <laughs> A hamster with a blunt pen knife, <clears throat> the Doctor Who commentary podcast. Uh, I am still here with the wonderful Pete Lambert. Say hello, Pete. Hello, Pete. Does uh, everyone say that? I think everyone yeah, says that by this point. In the evening, one yeah. point. Just one point in in all <laughs> okay, of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you tell me. What are we watching today? It's been six days since Earthshock episode two was on last Tuesday, and now it's Monday, and it's time for Earthshock episode three. I want um, to find out. They if... are. They are. They what? are Cybermen. I think we've 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 settled that. The arguments are now over. They are definitely, definitely Cybermen. And I, I'm gonna I want to find out whether they genuinely do execute murderers on this ship. So let's yes. go. I will count this in then. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. We're rolling. As you said before, episode threes have a bad rep. In a story that's not well written, it's in episode three that it's most obvious because right, it can be treading water. Now, in my mind's eye, that's not the case at all with Earthshock, but we'll find out. I'm going to I, I revere this story, so I'm going to I'm going to try and come at it with an open mind. I think Look at the, right, like on, a, on the Crapton. Sorry, the ratings are up by a million on the previous week. The, uh, the production ooh, notes. What are they? What are they? Uh, Nine point eight million for episode three Bloody in the eight. Yeah. Remember, in season 18, the ratings plummeted as low as 3 million at one point. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I was watching Buck Rogers back then as well. Oh, yeesh, right <laughs> Because it was so good. Oh, they've given her, like, this battered leather jacket, haven't they, Beryl Weed? She just yeah. looks the part. With the massive collar, and it's yeah. just... And this is only 81, so the 80s don't... This is going to sound stupid, but the 80s don't really know what the 80s are going to be like yet. Now we can watch it and go, oh, that's so 80s. But actually, at the time, and like, like now, in 2021, we don't really know what the 2020s are going to look like uh, in history. I don't think this them. is particularly 80s, though. Not in the same way something like Time Lash or Warriors of the Deep, you know, bright yeah, and garish and yeah, colourful. Just a few years later, and then, you, yeah, there's not so much, you know, the set isn't neon. The, 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 um, the leather uniforms, yeah, they've got shoulder pads, but they're grey with shoulder pads. But she does look oh. like a, that is a proper vampire colour on her she jacket. Is fabulous. <laughs> She's so grumpy, isn't she? I love her. And of course, so you won't know this, but she had a kids' show at this time, which was really? um, everyone knows Rainbow uh, with John Bungle and Zippy and everything. Mm -hmm. And when Rainbow wasn't on, one of its re replacements was a show called Get Up and Go, which starred Beryl Reed as Beryl as herself, but she lived with a green puppet cat called <laughs> Mooncat who flew from the moon at the start of every episode. I can't remember what they did. It was a, they owned a shop. It was a bit vague. Slightly camp, handsome men came around occasionally. Mm -hmm. That often happens with Beryl Reed. And um, yeah. and so she was, as well as her always, but she's always on quiz shows like Blankety Blank and Celebrity Squares. 
Uh, but that was because she was so famous as a comedian, a comedy actress. More in, in but you're saying at the same time she was still getting like roles that you know she could potentially win a BAFTA for. So it wasn't like she was. Yeah, she yeah. was only getting like yeah. kids shows and things like. Is there a reason then why we all remember Rainbow but we don't remember? Beryl Reed's kids show. <laughs> Basically, it wasn't that good. <laughs> and it was, and the, the cat was funny. The cat was a bit like its personality was sort of like a. It was it was uppity and posh, but also slightly stoned. Oh, amazing! Um, and it was disdainful, and she was she brought it down to earth by uh, by explaining to her how things worked around around the house, that sort of thing. I really like um, the fact that they set a lot of the action on this stairwell because it allows him to yeah. do split level action. And direct it a bit more interestingly than I don't know. Say, do you remember Warriors of the Deep, where everyone just stood in a line and got shot down? Yeah, yeah. This I, I, it's such a shame that um, Moffat uh, died so young, uh, relatively young, and and didn't go on to great because he was he was absolutely up there as as the best one of the best directors that the show ever had, and uh, he could have come back. It would have been a bit old by by the time that the series came back but um you said the moffat did, then did, did you mean grimwade i do mean grimwade I... thank you uh, <laughs> how many have you had i get my <laughs> i do that all the time but normally it doesn't matter it's very rare that sorry I do no no it's just shit or knows that i'm doing it <laughs> when you've got a particularly pissy geek sitting yeah, in front two, of the you two doctors is not directed quite as well as this by no. uh, by other moffat well, but it does have charms of its own i think it does, and yeah, and, to be fair, and people, it gets a harder rap than it than it what deserves. What do you think about this? This, this the irresponsibility of yeah, exactly. Didn't yeah. someone make a complaint? Uh, I, I didn't put a plastic bag over my head uh, because I'm not stupid, and if it does <laughs> a number of stupid, stupid children in the world, then you know it's doing the species a favour. I love all that piping in there in their leather. <laughs> I just think it's such a clever design. This yeah. Like and again, that's how you do. Beryl Reed knows how to deliver exposition. A bomb on Earth comes <laughs> on my ship. It's like that's how you do it. It doesn't follow and the conspirators. They're on my ship. There were, it's hard for me now to remember, but there was a period in the nineties when I first started talking to other, discovering there were other Doctor Who fans, particularly ones who were a bit older. One of my friend's brothers was like ten years older and uh, had been a fan in the seventies, and he was of that generation of Who fans who absolutely just sneered at Earthshock. It was like a stupid time. They put that stupid comedian oh, in, um, in, 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 in a Doctor Who story. And it was just so silly. And, and You've got and to remember, that. though, Pete. And, and that was what a lot of people thought for a long time. You've got to remember, we've all had that period of our lives where we were kind of that person. Maybe you didn't. I think I had... Oh, my God, I did. I, I had 10 years where, I, you know, I would, like, uh, write off entire eras... And you know, I couldn't watch any embarrassing effect. I've been that person. I grew up. <laughs> thank goodness. It's all part of, uh, of of becoming the adult fan. It's marvelous when you see and the outtakes here. It's we're in episode three, and the Doctor does not know what this story is actually about yet. He gets the best ever. Um, you know, when, when the Doctor goes, oh, Cybermen. He gets the best. He gets a whopping yes. great close up. And this, I've just remembered that there's a real parallel here with um, Horror Fang Rock, which I did a thing on, on Track One podcast that uh, just would have come out a couple of weeks ago uh, by the time you listen to this. And, and I was saying on that 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 has one of the best episode threes as well. And it, and it's the same. It's in episode, it's only in episode three that the Doctor realizes exactly what the root is and what it's actually up to and what it can do. 
Um, and just as here in Earthshock, this is this is the episode where the Doctor realizes we're ahead of him. We know what he's what he's in for. So I'd say um, in episode three of Horror of Hank Rock is when like lots of people start dying, but people have been dying yes. throughout this story. Like, this, is, this is a massacre. Yes. I won't she risk you lose losing my <laughs> bonus for a few miserable stowaways. See, she's pissed. I'm telling you, she is drunk. <laughs> and she's the she's the the manager, the team manager. And um, um, Berger is the one who actually knows what the antimatter containment field is and actually knows how to do it all. And as as a youngster, I might have thought, well, that's completely unrealistic. But obviously, the manager knows everything. There's a more wise person now who's actually yeah. seen the world. I'm like, yeah. That is exactly how. It <clears throat> Pete, I'm a manager, and I will tell you that, yeah. that you're right entirely. Yeah. I, I can say that from both uh, both perspectives. <laughs> I love the fact as well. She is playing it with utter conviction. Like there are guest actors in the eighties, Richard Bryan, oh, yes. say Tony Selby. They're kind yeah. of playing um, playing out the roles, whereas she is just playing it straight. Yeah, and and there's playing it up because it's fun. I mean, no one would criticise um, Helen A in the in the Happiness Patrol for going over the top. Oh, my name's mine's gone blank. Sheila Hancock. Of course, she's not. Helen she Helen Hancock. A played by a really famous Sheila Hancock. Me. Sheila Hancock. Thank you. Um, yeah, obviously she goes because it's the Happiness Patrol. That's the time of the whole thing. But um, that wouldn't work in this. And Beryl Reed knows that because mm. she, she is a she can she could have she could have made this funnier if yeah, she wanted yeah, to. Yeah. But um, she has like that line she has about the Peter, um, terrified of Peter Grimwade. Do you remember the line about the epitaph? Like she could play that up. Yeah, but yeah. she but she yeah. doesn't. Yeah, you could easily ham that up. There's a wonderful and moment, it's, but though. it's funny anyway. You don't need to ham it up. It is funny, obviously. There's a wonderful bit where she's being manhandled by the Cybermen, and you can see Beryl Reed. This, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was the famous line, wasn't it? Can we hold warp speed? Is that is that yeah. next? Oh, and it's what later she says we're coming out of warp drive, and that was the one. Oh, is that just off, just off the high street warp drive? <laughs> you can see in the outtakes as well. She's just baffled by all of this. So the fact that oh, she... look at Davison, look at Davison doing the trout in hands. He's doing the thing with his fingers. Um, drumming his fingers against each other, that's the word for it. That's straight out of Patrick Trouton. I love Tegan just running around with a gun. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she, she's Ripley. That's the thing people used to say, oh, they cast Beryl Reed as Ripley. It's like, no, they didn't. Tegan's Ripley. Admittedly, she hasn't got time to do all that much about it. But and it's great that, uh, again, it's not taken for granted in 1981 that you've got women in both of the military groups. You've got a woman with the uh, the troopers who's yeah. coming along, coming along yeah. there with Tegan, and you've got a, a grey-haired woman among the, the security guards packing packing a weapon too on, on the freighter. I wonder if that was in the script or if it was a Grimway choice. I mean, Resurrection has its fair share of uh, like female representation as well. Yeah, so, yeah. In fact, so, oh, so does Revelation. Revelation does too. So maybe Eric's award mm. is is just a prominent for writing strong women. And now it's a battle on the staircase, hiding behind some oh, boxes. Yes. I mean, that is if you're playing Doctor Who at home with your siblings, that is exactly the kind of situation you get into. Some boxes on some stairs to hide behind. Oh, maybe speaking. Oh, I love this. Here. I love this. The March of the Cybermen music. Yeah. Yeah. When this came out on the album, uh, Doctor Who, the music, that came out a few months after this, I think. 
Do you know the way the way he positioned that camera? You just saw some hella cyber crotches, and in a minute you're going to see some hella cyber ass as well. Grimway knew where to put his camera. There we go. Yes. There you go. <laughs> mm. Here we go. This zoom in. There they come. And they emerge out of the darkness again. It's just. Are these your friends? It's like how your mother would tell you when some drunk people turn up at your party, isn't it? <laughs> Are these friends of yours? Mm. Oh, he plays that so well. The only thing about the design I don't think quite works is the moon boots. They just the moon look... boots. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, but never mind. I mean, but yes. We don't see much of them, to be fair. He, he often shoots um, low, like up, to make them more menacing. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really good idea that the Sidemen and the Troopers have both got different sound effects for their guns. You can see, yeah. you can hear who's shooting who as well as seeing it, which... Jesus, bodies everywhere. Yeah, just, just bodies everywhere, yeah. And the, oh, bless them, the Cybermen are really struggling. Cybermen actors are really struggling to find someone to put their feet on the staircases. Wouldn't you, in those boots? Piles of corpses. Now, this is nice, him going, set your weapons for kill. Because that was like Captain Kirk's famous, one of Captain Kirk's um, catchphrases was set your weapons for stun. That was being lit. Did you notice kill. that was being lit from below? Like, that's so rare in this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, here's Ring Ringway creeping up on someone, and you just get a shot of his feet walking into camera first, and then the camera pans up. And then look at this, going up the stairs. Oh, it's, the direction is so good. Okay, and the, the production notes subtitles have just told me that the, the, the dead woman that the sign men is stepping over is Valma Crimmon, who was a production assistant usually, but in this she got cast as, a, as an extra as well. She's seen good at moment. some point in this. I know, I know there's a scene where she's in the shadows and you can see her turning a script and it's actually in really? the story. I don't know where it is, though. I've never been able to <laughs> see her. You're pointing your gun in the wrong direction. Pointing your gun in the wrong direction. Even the reveal of this, with him, he stood there for a minute and none of them see him. And we, we see him first. Hey, I'm having too much fun with this one. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this little corridor, it is a corridor, mm -hmm. just outside the... Um, oh, I'm wrong, Valma Crimmon isn't dead, she's still there with a with little... Um, I'm going to see if I can on. see her with oh, okay, no, she's, not got, she's nearly gone now. Your crew is redundant. <laughs> you traitor! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. A nice doctor drop. So this is the doctor announcing that the side men are allergic to gold. Gold, because he's posh. The people, does anyone say gold still? Uh, um, but, uh, and, uh, because there was a fairly growing list at this point of things that the Cybermen can be killed by, like guns, gold, gold. Um, uh, what the, else? They had a problem with gravity, oh, radiation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, although they kind of settled on gold, didn't gold. they? They settled on gold in the 80s. That was kind of like a <laughs> yeah. de facto Cyberman weakness. Yeah. Oh, a little bit of exposition now, about two of the Cybermen. And here we go. So, the, yeah, the Doctor's dumping the Cybermen history to us, but pointedly he's doing it so that Adric will overhear him so it, it, that that's an, a, a logical rational info dump and finally he doesn't know that, and that bloody badge has got a use <laughs> oh look at her chop him Woo! 
yeah, karate chop. That I've got a gift. There's a gif of that. The guys who do um, this, the, the, the old Doctor Who show podcast, some American guys who were leaping around in old Doctor Who and having a great time with it. Oh, sorry. That is an amazing gift. Here's the bit with the doors where you see the Cyberman, the silhouette of the Cyberman. The Doctor leaps his hand on the door and it's on the door switch and, and the door closes. And it's just so fast <laughs> cut. It's, it deserves all the awards. And it's, it's two seconds and it's like four shots in two seconds. Silhouette Cyberman, hand on switch, door slams. Do you know something this story does really, really well? The Doctor Who doesn't do very often and that is like jump shots. So there were a couple there where they realised they were coming in the door and he's like, you know, shut the door. In a yeah, minute, there's yeah. a bit where there's a woman coming out of the TARDIS and one of the side men just grabs her and she screams oh, her head off. Like, this is, this is like... Just this is like asked, we just missed because we were enthusing about something else. The bit where the Doctor asks how many crates there are in the hold and she goes, oh, there's about 10,000 of them. And then there's just that close up on her and she goes, that's... That's not possible. <laughs> and if she was having that, if she was doing a Graham Crowden and going, that's not possible, um, like in um, in Horse of Nymon, it would be funnier. Well, We'd she, be having, a, we would have laughed. She more, could have said three. Just, I've seen three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. She does play it well. Oh, th now there is. Okay, I've got a slight <laughs> criticism here. This is a bit where they're reacting, <laughs> reacting to the door is incredible. <laughs> Yeah, but the Simon's got that thing that looks like an amazing 80s electric guitar that they're about to start blasting. But Nasty epitaph. I'll forgive it, you know, for that, that shot of the Simon stuck in the door. Yes, we're coming up to that is one of the best. About, and and, and seeing, having that flash on your screen when you're seven and a half, and then that's it, it's gone. You're probably never going to see it again. It stays in your mind and you're describing it to your friends afterwards. Uh, and then when it was repeated, the next summer i guess it was in the summer of the following year you were just waiting for that bit to come and thinking maybe it wasn't as good as i remembered and it, it, it was yeah uh, oh. side of the guards having a chit chat why are they I doing these like him, um gossipy hand gestures yeah. and to be fair the only one who's not Someone's... convincing is matthew waterhouse going you know doctor oh no beryl reed has a go <laughs> beryl reed has a go as well Okay, right. Let's now come. Okay, we're going to rate their reactions now to a, to a okay. red door. Being to be, you know, they can't see what that what it actually looks like. So I'm going to and the, so the doctor is slotting into them with with the two of them. He's getting Berger to show him the Berger to show him the equipment. The captain doesn't actually know how it works. Neither does Bell or Reed. That doesn't matter. Oh, and this is stuck in the just to remind us that she actually exists. Yeah, it's disappointing for Sarah Sutton, but again, all right, in this one, she's being Uhura on, on, on the Enterprise. But don't worry, Pete, she gets loads she to do to in uh, Time Flight. She gets to be possessed she's in Time Flight, run yeah. around, she does loads. Yeah, it's just, this isn't her week, that's all right. Wait until, what, Arc of Infinity, she's running around with a bloody gun. <laughs> yeah, knocking everyone out. Kill those mofos. Oh, there's lots of techno babble here. This is the can you deliver techno babble convincingly? Because none of it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and and it, Davison does it by acting that he finds it frustrating that he's got to do it, but at the same time he knows it's his. You've got to tell it to Adric, so he does. And he also does like the David Tennant thing of just talking really fast. Yes. Yeah. So by, the, by also, the time he's at the I'm end, I'm only noticing right now. 
in big red letters above Davison's head is a sign at the back of the room that says Escape Pod. Oh. I wonder if that's going to come into force later. Into force? Into action. Come on, lad! Sorry, I can't stop quitting. <laughs> oh, here we go. Beryl Reed's reaction. Oh, it's amazing. She's a pro because she's pretending it's really hot, so her whole body is back. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they only get one take. You watch sure. Tegan, well, Warrior well, Woman. Forget, they do, it's coming up on the production notes subtitles that they did have to do lots of retakes, but it was because of stuff like boom mics getting into shot and things like that. Look at this. the actor... The, Ask Tegan, get out of a gun. Bloody warrior Kill woman. cyber bastard. This is just like Leela's killing the Rutan. Yeah. Do you know, I've been you hard on Tegan, you know, but... Well, no. If you spilled peanuts on her flight or lit up a cigarette <laughs> in her in her um, uh, toilet on her flight, you'd get that treatment. Oh, did you see? The the, yeah. the big moon boots were really easy for them to pull him away then. That's, that's, what, that's what they're <laughs> yeah. there for. Now, by, by all accounts, David Banks is quite a camp man, but he he carries himself so butch in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there we go. Side well man in the done, Doctor. Unfortunately, the Doctor can't count to two and has forgotten that that is the number of doors that there are. Can I, can I tell you quickly my dream um, companion cast? So I would have had um, Amelia Ducar stay on from season two. <laughs> Um, I would have had Amelia Rumford stay on from uh, Stones of Blood. And then I would have had Beryl Reese. Imagine the three of them and Peter Davison. They did a British remake of Golden Girls and it was dismal. It was dreadful. They didn't even show all the episodes. They only filmed about six um, uh, with Wendy Craig, Gene Bott from Bread and a couple of other people. Uh, and you've just given a much better cast of it than wow. that. If they'd made, remade the Golden Girls in Britain with, with those and Peter, da Peter Davison... <laughs> As, as Rose. <laughs> well, because he was he was in everything in the 80s, wasn't he? So He was in every programme. He was on every single night. It's hard to understand. Do you know, I love it when they make a door out of balsa wood like that. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, it does flap a little bit. But that's just because the Cybermen are so damn butch that when they hit iron, it crumbles and turns to balsa wood. Beryl Reed is doing some great... Staring up, frightened at the Cybermen acting. Matthew Ball has not doing too badly either, you know. Okay. No, no, it's difficult. Giving yeah, a bit of like there. side eye there. Look frightened. <sighs> Pete, and I'm you not... think that they're going to kill the Doctor, but they've got something else in plan. They kill Ringway because it's only a four-part story, and we haven't got time for him to have a longer part. <laughs> You know, I don't know if this is the wine talking. I'm going to be really shallow now. I think I'm quite mm. hot for the 80 Cybermen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ringway. Um, it's the voice. Yeah, the leather. Jeez. So this poor woman who's been trapped in the TARDIS is about to Professor be Kyle. executed. She's PhD. She just wants to get it written up and submitted for approval. I now know PhD students. I now think, yeah, that's pretty much what she's like. She's probably working three part-time jobs and all this shit's going on. All of her friends have been murdered. She's had a full, on spaceship. like, wonderful life and she's going to die on the periphery of a Doctor Who story. But what a way to go. If you're going go to go down in flames, pirouette. No, now you'll you see, see our strength. strength. Here we oh, go. Oh, my God. Amazing. And, and 
um, what's his name who did the music? You said earlier. Uh, Malcolm Clark. Michael, Malcolm Clark. Yeah. Um, he does that thing where the, the music is so close to being a sound effect. You're not entirely yeah. sure quite where the line is. There, but there is a line, this, just like in the Sea Devils. Look at the oh, direction was, here. The Sidemen covered in foil, covered in um, plastic. And just really, and it's such a shame in Attack of the Cybermen when oh, they come out of the tombs. They didn't, yeah. It didn't have this direction. No. Uh, they tried yeah. to do it in the sewers, didn't they, with like the wall coming out, but it was nowhere near. It had its moments. Yeah, it had its moments, but the, moment, but the bit with the tombs, they just didn't get to, to do it like this. The thing with this, though, and it has three episodes of build up, and this is like the payoff. Yeah, yeah and there are thousands of them. His Why army awakes. Doctor! I'll even forgive the fact that they've like tripled that screen. <laughs> the split screen. And they do, <laughs> it does cut away just before they start moving into each other. But um, yeah. That, so now that that's, that's not. That's that iconic. That's to do in episode three. Yeah. That is icon. Like, like, that is memorable material. That is like. Is that like the most memorable set piece involving the Cybermen? Yeah, I mean that and uh, that and, and them waking up in tomb two originally, yeah, yeah. which of course is a story that we'll never ever get to see. We'll only ever see a handful of photos of it. And there's oh, no imaginable way that we can... the soundtrack is amazing, yeah. though. Have you not heard the soundtrack with the Colin Baker narration? <laughs> the cyber controller was hideous. No, James. <laughs> Fabulous, though. Um, I mean, I can't imagine how this story could get more exciting. No, this is the thing. So after, if episode three is that good, that means episode four is probably going to be a bit of a come down. I bet I, I've watched Dog 2 a lot. There's going to be a reset switch. It'll yeah. all turn out that none of this really happened. They'll all survive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We know how it goes. We know how it goes. God bless you, Peter Grimley. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife. Uh, I am still here. It's day four for you guys. It's the same evening for us. I am still here with the wonderful Pete Lambert. Say hello, Pete. Hello, Pete. It is um, nice to be here still with you, Joe. After and, and yeah, as people who are, if, if you're just listening to this as the first episode, um, you might want to rewind and go back two or three episodes ago to find some sober people reviewing Earthshock episode one. Because <laughs> what's about to happen now is different from that in many ways. <laughs> We're pissed. Not one, we? <laughs> I was just saying off off camera that uh, off camera I can't stop saying that off mic. Um, that I usually have one drink a night, and this is my third now. So let's uh, let's pray that we can get through this. I am queued <laughs> up and ready to go. If you are, absolutely, I'm raring to go. We're having great fun, and Andrew has never seemed happier. Oh, I know. Um... Do you know? I, you know, I feel like I feel like when his TARDIS travels end, he's gonna like fall in love like Leela did, or something wonderful like that. 
Yeah, yeah. It's completely convincingly fall in love like Leela did. Or like, like <laughs> he should have tried, he could have like hopped off in Legopolis, like the planet of maths. That would have been perfect for him. Well, actually, um, uh, Time Flight um, has a, an alien that desperately needs to merge with, a, with his brain with a mathematical genius, <gasps> Professor Hater. A time oh. flight ends with a mathematical genius going off to have an amazing transdimensional experience of existence on a new realm uh, by merging with the, the Zeraphins, I think. It's the Zeraphins. Uh, yeah, so maybe he'll have a look. Would it have been life. as a memorable ending as this, though? I don't know what even you're referring to. Oh, yeah, sorry, no, we don't it's know what... Leaving. It doesn't say anything no. in the Radio Times about Adric Leaving. In fact, I could have sworn I read in the Radio Times that he's in Time Flight. Oh, well, there we go, then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's the main one, obviously. He's the main, yeah, main yeah. man. I mean, he's, he's the longest-running regular. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He, he is the uh, the senior member of the cast at this point. Skillfully and, active. And any by seven a... and a half year old who's moderately good at maths will, will tell you that he's the most realistic and convincing character in it. <laughs> Certainly more convincing than any air hostesses I've ever met. Oh, good grief, yes. <laughs> She's just walking around with a gun okay. shooting Cybermen. All right, okay. So I'm queued up. Are you queued up? I am. What, what does that even mean? I don't know why I say that. Um, I'm going to count as in, though. In five... Four, three, two, let's go. Rocket. This doesn't feel like a Tuesday night kind of thing, but it is a Tuesday night it as is. we record. Yes, so it is. that's yeah. entirely appropriate. So our episode two and our episode four <laughs> were recorded on precisely the right evening. It just popped up on the on the uh, on the information subtitles that um the, the radio times and the spilling for this was can the doctor save adric <laughs> well no. that's a question of what? course he can he's in bloody time flight of course he can yeah you know um peter davison's hair is very long it is and um peter davison hair envy is a real thing um on twitter particularly <laughs> oh look paul beryl reed being manhandled this the ship is in warp drive that's the line <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. David Banks chucks her across the room there, doesn't he? Tegan's hiding under the stairs with a gun. She trained to do that at Qantas. Like, she's really critical of this look, like her hair in this story. I was listening to a bit of the commentary earlier. I actually think this is her best look. Yeah, and it's often, I don't know, it's funny when you see hear a commentary or something. Alison Moyer, off of singing, mm. uh, did a DVD of all of her videos and did a commentary oh, on it. And all the way through it, all the 80s ones, she's just going, oh, I look so awful here. Why did I let them make me put that dress on? Why did I... And it's like all of her most famous videos. And she just thinks she looks dreadful. And it's like, no, it's not. I mean, it's the 80s. <laughs> there were far yeah. worse sins committed. There, there is an innuendo edit to be done at Earthshot, but it's just the lines of people commenting on how huge things are. Uh, oh, and, Pete, uh, there, there's an innuendo edit. One, ironically. Of, of every Doctor Who story, I think. <laughs> Actually, yes. Whatever sucks can be blowed. I think that's a line. <laughs> so they've locked off the coordinates. They're turning us into, into a flying, flying bomb. bomb. People say Earthshock has plot holes, and I've never really pinned them down because I just no, it doesn't. Well, it's just like well, if you have a if you have a failure of imagination, so that you can't imagine. That obviously, when, when for example, later when it does the time travel bit, obviously the Earth has moved. The Earth is always moving. Whatever is the time travel override thing is going to factor that in. 
they don't need to spell it out. That's not a plot hole. But do you know what? I think, just... and I'm speaking as an online reviewer here, I think you can overanalyze these things and forget that this is just supposed to be enjoyable. You know? Yeah, and, and, and here we go. The conference, the reason for the red alert. It's all tying back to uh -huh. episode one. This is how you do an episode. So, one. what is it? It's a conference Things of all like the great space races coming together against the Cybermen. I love the fact that the one thing the Cybermen really hate is conferences. Yeah. <laughs> really Me too. Conferences are illogical. We shall destroy them all. Oh, yes. Lovely bit of silver chin going on here as David Manx addresses the camera again. I've only really, really noticing this time how much he talks to the camera. Yes, Doctor. Despite your interference, we will still triumph. <laughs> and I think he's watched Synth Planet because he's doing with his voice cadences the up and down thing, only a tiny bit. Yeah. But in a way that, that even um, was it Christopher Robbie in Revenge didn't, didn't wasn't doing. I uh, think I think he's it watched. Be confirmed. It, it's that sing song thing that's discordant and unsettling. He has watched Revenge of the Cybermen as well and seen how far over yeah. the top he can go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the hold is crawling with robots. Crawling with is a thing yeah. um, in Doctor Who. The line, the place is crawling with Daleks, turns up in about yeah. six Dalek stories. I think they're I probably all Eric's award stories. I mean, I, the, the dialogue <laughs> is a bit clunky. I just saw that woman a minute ago, the woman who's about to get jumped on by a Cybermen when she comes out of the TARDIS. She's in every oh, yeah. scene with with um, James Warwick, looking really like apprehensive and and scared, <laughs> yeah. and with good reason. She's about to die. Yes, and uh, a little bit of humour from Davo there. It's compared to some, this one is positively flippant. Uh, and he is. This is a story that I could not imagine Tom Baker in. No, Just no, not at all. The feeling of panic, the fact that the Doctor gets panicked about how this is all going out of control. Oh, Etikin tries to shoot the Cyberman and the gun doesn't work. Yeah, but she gets grabbed. You know, I can't imagine Tom Baker losing no. like this. Other season 19 stories, like Kinder, Kinder would be very different with Tom Baker, but it would still work. He would totally be there with Mary Morris. Would he though? Would like, wouldn't he try and dominate that? Like he, he would... Oh, that's a point. And when What's-His-Name's doing going mad, Tom would try to outact him and that wouldn't work. Yeah. Whereas oh, when he go when Hindle goes back, oh hang on, here we go, Tom. Sorry, into the that woman just got jumped on there. It gets me every yeah. time. R.I.P. That woman. Action in the TARDIS. Is this the first time we've yeah. seen serious yeah. action? Gunfire in the TARDIS. Imagine, yeah, imagine little seven-year-old Pete watching this. Like, oh, this is my safe space. The TARDIS. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah, a battle inside the TARDIS. Listen, reaching for the door control, and you and and it. And because they took the effort of establishing in episode one, in case you didn't already know, that the big red one is the door, when Lisa <laughs> yeah. is desperately reaching for it. <laughs> if this was the first episode of Doctor Who, yeah. oh no, Professor Kyle, she's dead. She never got to do anything interesting. No. Never mind, Nissa. Everyone you've ever met is dead, Nissa. Don't worry, it's just one more. Your planet, your sorry, father. Sorry, that's kind of me, but it's true. I mean, I'm sorry. Okay, you bring up a, a good point there. We must address this. The lack of content. Well, I mean, Adric, uh, sorry, something happens to Adric at the end of this story, which I won't tell you about. But in the next story, okay, they deal with well, that in, in like a two minute scene. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, get it over and done with. Well, we're in <laughs> right, anyway, let's go on holiday. 
I just think, good, that's what you do. But poor Nissa, you you're right. Nissa an has... hour locked in a bloody castle, headbutting a crystal to dig yourself oh. a tunnel <laughs> to get Adric out at the end of it. Oh, I love you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, people think that episode is so fucking profound. It was man headbutting a crystal for an hour. In order to bring an annoying oh. woman back to life. Anyway, we're not reviewing that. We're doing yes. No, but it gets me terribly <laughs> excited for your appearance uh, on another podcast we're doing. <laughs> uh, now, um, emotion is a weakness. Ah, oh, Davidson's so, fab here. Look at and him. Davidson is actually weighing up whether or not to let them shoot Tegan, but he decides against it. He made the wrong choice. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. That sort of sing song voice. And you see voice. this a lot. And this get this when the doc when when Jodie Whittaker does this kind of thing, everyone goes apeshit for it on, against it on Twitter. Oh, she's not being a hero. Why isn't she saving the day? And it's like you haven't ever watched Doctor Who yeah. before or Doctor yeah. Who before two thousand and seven. Say if you think that the Doctor is someone who always does something heroic and brave and points a magic spork at something and fixes it. But let's be honest, Pete, they're just looking for anything to bitch about. Anything at all. <laughs> Whereas I would only have a bitch about other people who bitch, which is yeah. superior bitch. <laughs> That's way more fun. <laughs> the ultimate in emotional response. <laughs> He's gloating. Yeah. But it's logical to gloat. <laughs> oh, he's being sarcastic now. <laughs> I love the way that there's no way of really making those heads not look ungainly when they're like going into shot, you know. <laughs> yeah. But they are it's only nineteen eighty one and yet they are so eighties. Yeah. It's just it's amazing. And at this point you can go, okay, here he is moustache guy from the caves he's still creeping around but you're forgetting this is not a 90 minute long movie this is four 25 minute long episodes it's and, and having someone doing something a couple of times or more within that period so I just, there's a really yeah. cute one behind them both have you noticed that the guy behind scott and oh, i should uh, keep Tina. an eye out i should keep an eye out cute boy watch i can't rewind we're we doing a commentary oh yeah we're live are we god damn it yeah yeah this is what it was like in the 80s. You couldn't rewind TV just because there was a hot extra in the back. I cannot awesome. imagine just watching this <laughs> and never being able to see it again. Like, that one. Anyway, that's not what I'm going to say on the commentary. I know. <laughs> the name is Tegan. Side my nose that it only requires one person to find a TARDIS. See, now this is the point where you kind of get that bit in the pit of your stomach thinking, um, this isn't Absolutely. how it usually goes. And there's a moment. That, this is odd. Why is this happening? Yeah, I'm, I'm seven and a half and I'm thinking, hang on, this isn't how they normally do it. And um, oh, the little Andrick <laughs> theme plays. The bit where he's like, oh, I'll see you soon. Yeah. No, you won't. Yeah. And why are they shaking hands? There was a couple of scenes, you occasionally get scenes in Nuhu where they fake out on this. Oh, really? Uh, they, they, they give you, they hint. That oh, yeah. That someone's someone's gonna die. Me, there's a goodbye yeah. scene and the, there's, with a companion. 
that's given an air of finality and then it turns out to just be a hoax. You know, the funniest one is the one with Donna in the Von Karen one where, yeah. where she's like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm just going home, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, right, okay, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to reveal spoilers, Adric. Spoiler, Adric dies. Okay. Um, what? He stays dead. And it's real and it matters. When I was a, when I was not much younger than seven and a half, uh, someone got me a version, a book version of um, Little Red Riding Hood, where she goes to her granny and granny's house isn't there and there's a wolf and she kills the wolf and then opens up the, the there's a clock and she opens the grandfather clock and it turns out granny was just hiding in the grandfather clock. And I was outraged. My seven and a half year old self went, this is ridiculous. I felt sad that granny had died and it turned out she was fine after all. And that seven and a half year old feeling is how I spent a long period of, uh, of the 20 teens watching Doctor Who as everyone kept emerging from that bloody clock. And it turned out they weren't really dead and it didn't really matter. Oh. And so why it feels sad. And yeah. just when some when when something happens that really <clears throat> upsets you, that's that is drama. That's the whole yeah. point of it. Uh -huh. If you then flick a switch and say, "Oh, it didn't really happen," it's it's worse than disappointing. It's just ah, it's a crime. And see, I've yeah. heard I've heard now now yeah, that's a good argument. I've heard the other side as well on a different commentary I did that you shouldn't kill companions. That um, that is irresponsible to kill companions. I'm. I actually fall on your side of this argument. I think um, occasionally it is good to remind the audience that these, there, you know, that there are stakes to this. Yeah, yeah. This isn't. This isn't an episode of Muppet Babies. It's Doctor <laughs> Who. It's a drama for children, but they're in peril. And 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 Stephen Moffat has been really clear that he thinks killing a companion was a terrible thing. You shouldn't upset children by killing a companion. But why does he and why does he keep killing companions then and then no, bringing them back? You would, you would not get through to the second round of interviews to be Doctor Who producer if you said that to me. Because <laughs> it's just, the, the, the kids have got to believe that there's danger. Yeah. But like, like, why does he kill Clara then, just to bring her back? Why does he kill Rory just to no, bring exactly. him back? What's the because point of that? Because he thinks he's God, and he can, and I can, he can make everything fine by bringing all these dead people back. There's Iron Man in the TARDIS again. Look out, Nissa. There's only one God. In Amazing Doctor Who. close up of uh, Sarah Sutton there. As <clears> her <throat> eyes have to dart as she looks at four sidemen and their guns. Do you know? Well, you said it in episode one. I think Sarah Sutton does pretty good with Nissa even when she doesn't have a lot to do. And, yeah, uh, and she, she's finally given some action to play against in this episode. And she's awesome. Yeah, she's a, and, and yeah, you, you could tweet, if this was Sarah Sutton's last story, put her in Andrix's shoes and it would be fantastic. She'd be, she'd be really good too. It, should, uh, it would be just the, the same thing if they decided to lose, lose her instead of him. Do you think she would so um, Scott... tentatively touch that console the same way that Matthew Waterhouse does? <laughs> right, people make so much too much of that. I mean, yes, he's clearly showing away from it when you watch it back, but but it's one second. I'm sorry, if I was an actor, I would not want a console blowing up in my face, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and it was probably the fifth take. His fingers were probably... Oh, here we go. More Cyberman bums. There's like so much like... cyber arse in this. I'm sorry. It's, it's... Yeah, it really is a lot of cyber arse, yeah. That's incredible. Oh, Tegan, giving away all the clips. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, addressing it because it's, it's, it's like, say, we knew that in 40 years' time, people would be watching this and saying, but surely Earth Radar would pick up the TARDIS. So Tegan explains why not. That's the thing. People will complain when there's a line like that explaining something, 
And then if that line wasn't there, the guy talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. how Earl's script didn't even address the fact that obviously the tires would be picked up. Can't you know so, though? There's, um, there's a contingent of Doctor Who fans that just don't want to have fun. No, they're, they're is, there literally to is, pick holes. I want. I just want. Although I'm loving the action and the and the and the drama and the peril, it ultimately is about these. You've got to care who these people are. You don't have to like them, but you've got. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want Daryl Reed to be my line manager. No. Uh, no, no, Briggs to be my line manager. I would want Adric but, um, to be my companion. But, but because she's so good, she's not a two-dimensional bully. I mean, she is a bully, but she's not a two-dimensional yeah. bully. So you, you, nevertheless, you sort of want you want her to end up all. You're on her side. I think there's a there's a level of threat in this, which is unusual even for the time that they've put the yeah, re the regulars into. You know, and so you really care because the regulars are in this like extreme peril. Yeah. And you know, how many days ago? Seven, like like fifteen days ago, these guys were all just doing the Charleston together on on TV, yeah. and now they're in this battle. Have your last dance, yeah, Adric. Bentley. Oh, As that's... it's Tegan launching herself at the TARDIS yeah. console, that actually instigates, I think, uh, the um, spin that, time. That bit know. there where he holds her <laughs> elbows and screams at her on the commentary. Her yeah. and Peter Davison are. Roaring with laughter at that bit. <laughs> See, Adric's, and, Adric's and, actually and been so given something to do. A lovely flip here. You notice Adric and Berger are the ones who are saving the day here, or trying to save the day here. And Briggs, is, the captain, is just having to run backwards and forwards, giving them updates and telling them, we're running out of time. That's a great line. You get great lines like that in um, in Who. Monster Peladon is full of it. It's like Monster oh, Peladon 3. Yeah. And I watched it the other week. And it's funny. It's so much. It's all right. Don't it, watch it as... When did you watch go. Monster of Peladon? I um, watched Monster of Peladon this week. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, just, oh, just a week ago, yeah. Do you know... But yeah, like, one of the most boring parts of it, the dog, people keep saying, we haven't much time. And it's like, honestly, love, you've got four more episodes. You really have got much time. Do you know the bit that made me roar was when um, Queen Faleris looking at all those bodies in the mine and she's like, look at what you've done. And the echoes are like, <laughs> never mind. Wow, and he just grabs it. Oh, it's just wonderful. I, I, I have a lot of affection for that story. Eckersley say, yeah, yeah. But why are we talking about the monster of Peloton when we have Earthshock in front of us? I know, Davison. The coordinates are constantly changing. He's, he's in Trouton. Um, be two hundred percent drowned mode. I think. I adore the fact that Adric is actually being given something useful to do as well. So you, so yeah. there's like this race against time. Will he be able to crack this thing to save himself? And, then, and he and still could have got out. I mean, yeah. He still could have escaped. Like he would have gone with them in that escape pod. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's been a succession of of ticking bomb. You know, right? Go go back to the ticking bomb in episode uh, two, or that we made in episode one. It's um that's that is the pace of this and the structure of this and, and it's just one after the other all escalating. Yeah. But the, and the music is this the, when this damaged Cyberman starts crawling up the stairs and the music is all distorted and well I can't I kind of call that music and, like the farts of doom because if you listen to it carefully it does sound like someone farting into a mic. <laughs> now people complain that. Uh, the Earth is seen there, and you, you get this moment where it, it's just occurred to the Doctor, but it all links back to that scene in episode one. People complain that this is the Earth, this is not the Earth of 65 million years ago, but I think that's deliberate because they must have weighed up 
people are going to think it's a different planet. Oh, what? The actual, the actual, the, the visual of the Earth? Yeah, because oh. if they travel back 65 million years, the Earth shouldn't look the same. Get a fucking lie. Scientifically true. I'm sorry. But, um, oh, Beryl, save him. Andrick's doing typing. This is just what I'm like when it's Come like, on, lads. It's happening to leave. Yeah, see, when I don't want to go to work, that's what my other half says to me. And right. that is an order, <laughs> And they get into the escape pod. Oh, Adric, what are you doing? He knows. Mind you, this is this is good because he's been an arrogant, precocious little shit throughout who thinks he's very smart. And this is the one time it bites him in the arse. <laughs> and this is the moment when, as a viewer... I'm thinking in, in 1982. I'm thinking, wait, the, the escape pod has left, and the, the space, and we know. And at this point, at school, they were still teaching you the idea that the dinosaurs were killed by a meteorite was only a theory. You at school, you were being taught there were all sorts of theories as to how the dinosaurs died out. Oh, no one had found the crater, yet, or if they had found the crater, they weren't sure in the way that they're now sure. Mm-hmm. And um, seeing all this happen in real time in Doctor Who was just so weird. Exciting though, because, you know, you're seeing you're seeing like yeah, massive doing, history take place. Yeah, and it's doing that thing of they're teasing the audience. They're hoping that the average seven or eight year old has just figured this out at the same point that the plot's telling it to you. It's got the TARDIS. Oh man! Oh my word! Adric Adric's is still, still on board. More sad Adric music. But the doctor's got his. Style. So you're like, you know, if you're like a typical doctor fan, you're like, okay, so Adric's gonna uh, unplug the thing. It's all gonna be fine, you know. Yeah, because the one thing that would never cross your mind would be the doctor travelling back in time to loop and get out of it and pick him up before it exploded. Because you just know that that does not happen in Doctor Who, in exactly the same way that you know the JR Ewing isn't gonna pull a laser gun out of his pocket and shoot people in Dallas. It's just Doctor Who does not do that. So Look it at this. Cross your mind. This Go is Tegan. great. Tegan's Leaping onto he the starts side. blasting yeah. the shit out of that console now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to get the budget for a new one. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus, who screams? Is it Tegan or Nissa who screams? I think it's Tegan. You can't tell. <clears throat> I think it's Tegan. I think she something uh, actually caught Janet Fielding. People say yeah. that Davison doesn't pick up a gun. Like, really? Yeah. And. The doctor using the gun on the Cyberman there. I mean, of course he will. It, 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 oh, and Adric's forgotten to... Yes, Adric, you've forgotten <clears throat> to get into the flipping escape pod, you plonker. Do you know as well, there's some real... But right, so at this point, it's now still possible. We're thinking, Mrs. We've got so little time. And and this is pushing the doctor. Here we go. Okay, he's oh, doing his typing. Yeah, that's how I type. If I'm yeah, you liar. You liar. It's it's perfectly sensible bit <clears throat> of typing. Totally natural. And look at that Cyberman in the dark behind yeah, them. Yeah. There's no light on it at all, but you can see it. I actually really like his line delivery fact, here. Do you know, Adric yeah. often gave terrible line deliveries, but his oh, now I never know if I was right. It's such a great yeah. part in line. Yeah. And if you were looking at the typewriter during that scene, you're not watching it. You know, oh, and he does a little sh- tilt of his head. Like, he's saying something funny. Hey, do you know, I don't think this is going to end well. Well, no, because look, the doctor's at the controls, and the doctor's just said that he must save Adric. I'm like, yes, doctor, you must. 
No, no, I think I think his time's up. His time is up. Looking at the screen and shouting, Adric. Matt finish. Keegan. Oh, he's got his bit of string, and he's flying towards India. India's probably nice. (laughs) And oh my word! And just the hum of the TARDIS. But and then some sad music. What? 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 What's happened? Oh. Uh, Tegan is pissed. Adric? <laughs> I love the, the the silent credits just killed me. In in memory of Adric. At first and it, and it's like, okay, what's gonna happen? And then nothing. And <laughs> then you've got the badge. And it, I'm I can it's, oh the subtitle silence. Silence no theme music. music. <laughs> He still doesn't get top billing. It's Beryl Reed who gets next billing after the Doctor, then Adric. But, um, but I kind of, um, I, I understand just... the reasoning of this, like the this kind of soap opera silent credits. Yeah. To make and the, um, the crumbled thing. And at this precise moment, my mum walked in and said, "Why is there no sound on? Have you broken it?" And I went, oh, "Mum, no. Adric's dead." Did and she you, went, "What? Did I you went, cry?" Oh, it Can I ask? Did you cry? I didn't. I know I didn't cry. It's Doctor Who. Uh, it's like, um, but I was stunned and shocked. I was upset and like, oh my god, really? What happens next? When I when but, I spoke um, with um, Comrade Westmass the other week, he um, he told me that he went up to his room very quietly and burst into tears for most of the evening. I thought it was so. I think sweet. He does that most. He does that most evening. Yeah, usually after doing one of these commentaries, I think. <laughs> okay, so. But, that's that's right. that's the end of Earthshock. If you could summarize in three minutes, please, because that's how long we have left. Um, yes. What is fantastic about Earthshock? Why is this Earthshock the best story? Is, Do- Doctor Who is an amazingly flexible format. It can do a thousand different things, and it in this instance, it does a science fiction action movie unbelievably well for a show that's being made to be shown twice a week on, on BBC in a, in a regular BBC studio with no special resources beyond above and beyond what a normal show would get. Peter Grimwade worked miracles and got his cast to achieve things that are just inconceivably good. And they try the same thing many times and it doesn't always happen as successfully as it does in Earthshock. And, and every time they try it, it's still worth doing. But Earthshock is the one where it lands. And they've got a, someone who is a star of light entertainment and comedy, but can do so much more. And she does so much more in, in Beryl Reed. And and the little, the actors who haven't got big parts still just take it totally seriously. And it's got funny moments. And, but, but it's not, this isn't one of the funny ones, obviously. But it um it's full of good humour and it matters and it's full of consequences and it's educational and it teaches you about the dinosaurs being wiped out and it teaches you about how evil evil can be and that good doesn't always win and that there isn't a magic reset switch but you just carry on and that's why I think Earthshock is the best Doctor Who story. I am convinced. Okay, that was, <laughs> that was that was the most compelling um, evidence I have ever heard for why Earthshock is the best Doctor Who story ever. Um, that yeah, just... that case, if I'm ever if I'm ever on trial, I hope the judge has had as much to drink as you have. And <laughs> <a> weekly, <laughs> <to impress. laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. My, my, my faculties are completely blurred. So anything you say is just <laughs> incredible. Um, but it does. Well, just... What about you? Come on. What about you? What about you? Oh, God, I've only got like 50 seconds. Um, okay. Well, Adric dies. There you go. That's why Earthshock is the best story ever. <laughs> no, I, what, but what I would like to say is thank you very much for joining me today. It has been an absolute blast. I've had a hoot. You've been really fun to to chat to watching this. I hope I haven't blabbered on too annoyingly. It's I, been really fun. I think people are going to love this. And I hope, <laughs> what I, what I will ask you off mic, I will hope that we will see you again on this podcast, that I will try and twist your arm away from this. Thank you very much. <laughs> twist away. <laughs>